This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org. If you came for a, a head understanding of things, you came for the wrong reason because we're going we're gonna to deal with the heart. Um, God is so... infinitely in love with all of us, isn't he? Isn't he so infinitely in love with all of us? I sensed his love and presence this morning. It does my heart good to see you as a group of people, as an exit church, People who have invested in our lives and we've come to love and enjoy being here. This is, our, this is our home church. This is what makes us feel different than any other place that we go. This is home. And all that it says within our hearts and our minds and our spirits, this is home. It's a wonderful place to be. It's familiar. We know when to laugh and when not to laugh. We know when to cry. We know when to express words of joy and love. This is just home. We thank you for being who you are. We thank you for providing a home. We thank you for being Nagsid Church. Not a good church, but a great church. And we just want to thank you for loving us and being a part of our lives and allowing us to take a few brief moments out of our year to hopefully just love you back. Okay? So the next um, 32 minutes is going to be about that, loving you back. So take your Bibles if you have them, and we want to look at... Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 6. And I, and I have about 22 minutes to do this, so we're going we're gonna to do this together. So I'm going to read through Genesis 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 6 through 13. And we'll see them up on the board behind me a little bit later as we go on. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of them both were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made clothing for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he walked in the walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to man, where are you? He answered, I hid in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done?
the woman said, the servant deceived me and I ate. Can you imagine this? I'm trying to imagine this. Because the daunting phrase that has overcome me for the last four months is, where are you? It's left me almost questioning what's, what's going on in my own life. It leads me to a heart problem or a heart unknowingly. It makes me wonder, where am I? Now, if I, if I look at God and say, uh, and God says, where are you? I'm going to say, come on, God, can you not see? I'm sitting at Nags Head Baptist Church. I'm on the Outer Banks. You know where that is, don't you? We hope he does. Uh, <laughs> we're, on the, we're on the far east end of this, uh, of this country we call the United States. This is where I am. But we know that's not what God is physically talking about. Where are you? We know that uh, God has a real purpose for asking, where are you? And it's because we're so easily distracted. In Genesis 3, 6, it says, The woman saw that the fruit in it was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. She took and ate it. She gave it to her husband and he ate it. Where are you? Well, it looks good, so it's got to be good. You know, if we have this idea if it looks good in this, in this country, it's, it's got to be good. And uh, if, it, if it looks good, it's got to be good for me. So we immediately grasp that. And we say, if it's good for me, it must be good for everybody else. So I'm going to talk to everybody else about it. So this, this idea of something being good, we just grasp it and go with it without really looking to what, if it's truly good or not. And so God yells out, where are you? Where are you? Their eyes were opened. You know, there's some things I would rather not see. I can tell you right now, there's some things I would love to take out of my memory right now that I have seen that I would rather not see. Do you have some of those? Yes. And at the moment they ate of the, ate of the fruit, their, their eyes were opened. And they realized for the first time they were naked. And they, they had to cover themselves. But just in Genesis chapter 2 in the last verse, it says they were naked and unashamed. I would much rather be unashamed than to find myself consumed with my eyes open, got to cover myself, have that lo- feel, feel a real loss of protection that God is taking care of me. Oh my, you wonder if God takes care of you here, you ought to go to a foreign country where the language trips you up and the law trips you up and you walk into a room and you know what a smile means, but you don't know what a smile means when you're overseas. Then the woman and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the cool of the day. Now stop for a minute. Stop for a minute. I want you to enter into this with me. Enter in your heart into this. God was walking in the cool of the day. How many times had he done this? He had walked every afternoon with them in the fellowship of the cool of the day. And now they hear him walking. And what do they want to do? They want to go hide. Had they ever hidden before? 
No, they had not. In fact, hearing God walk in the cool of the day was the highlight of the day. It was what they looked forward to. What do you look forward to when you come home? Well, I know I've been living with um, Paula and George Farah for a couple of days. And I want to tell you, there is a whole entourage of animals that love to see them come home. From the moment their car hits the driveway, the dogs are barking, they're jumping up and down. We know who's coming around. Why? They've gotten used to the sound of the cars, their voices, their footsteps. They know who's coming. Somebody's going to feed them something. They're excited. The cool of the day, the best part of the day. I know when that is. It's after 3 o'clock in Honduras. It's not before then, or it's early in the morning. That's the cool of the day. And I want to tell you, I look forward to those moments in the day because they don't last very long. In the, in the Caribbean, they've got two, two temperatures, hot and hotter. And in, in the cool of the day is, is, is what I'm looking for. But God came in the cool of the day and they heard him walking. And they hid themselves before they had run to where that sound was. And now they're running away. Wow. And God comes out and says, But the Lord God called him in and said, Where are you? Now I want you to see that this is God. Okay? We talk about God as the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So who's there? The fellowship of the Trinity is there. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're walking in the cool of the day in the garden. And Adam and Eve get to fellowship with them. Now I want everybody to close their eyes, bow their head for just a moment. This is not a tricky thing. Go to a place that you love to go to where you're all alone. Maybe it's a place on the Outer Banks. Maybe it's a place in your home. Maybe it's a place in your backyard. Go to a place you're all alone. Now I want you to visualize for a moment God coming there to be with you. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Adam and Eve had this every day of their life. And now, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are starting to talk. They're carrying on a conversation. Can you enter in? Or is it like that you've been gone away for a year? And you've got to catch up. Or are you ready to just jump right in in the conversation and carry it on with them? Or are you, or are you so distant, you're so confused about, even about what they're talking about? It makes you feel uncomfortable to sit in that fellowship of the Trinity. Where God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit are talking. Do you feel excluded if they're not talking about you? And they're talking about themselves. Can you enter into that Trinity fellowship and feel at home? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are talking. And now they're talking with you. 
It's in the cool of the day. Where are you? It's on God's breath. Where are you? Are you my child? Can you enter into this relationship with me? Does this conversation make sense to you? Do you want to jump in and be a part and and fellowship? Wow, that's where I want to be. You can lift your heads, open your eyes. God had been doing that with Adam and Eve for we don't know how long. They were always up to date. And they didn't have Facebook and they didn't have Twitter. They were just right there with him. Why? Because he walked with them in the cool of the day. And it was such a strange thing to hear God yell out, where are you? And God in his heart is still yelling out so much of the time, where are you? For he wants you in the fellowship of his son. He wants you in the fellowship with the father. Mission Encounters International, we have what we call the discipleship encounter. (laughs) It is a time where we train missionaries. And um, one of the things we've added to our curriculum is called spontaneous worship. And what we do is we basically come together at 8 o'clock in the morning and we have devotions. It starts off very formal in the beginning because everybody feels good with formality. Amen? I mean, you know, we like time. We like schedules. And so then as the time progresses with this uh, discipleship encounter... I grabbed them one afternoon and says, well, let's go walk. And we'll walk and we'll, I'll just start doing spontaneous worship. I'll be walking with them in the backyard. I'll start to sing. I'll start to pray. And they just kind of go, ooh, should I be here? And I go, yeah, you should be here. Let's worship together just right now. And they start to do that with us. Or they will come in the, in the morning and they will, they will worship with us. They learn how to worship and be in the fellowship of the Father instantaneously. It's spontaneous. It's, it's who we are. It's who we were made to be. To have fellowship with the Father. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we take them through this training. We do this with them for a while. And then all of a sudden... I looked at this young man named Blake and I says, you know what tomorrow is? No. He says, what is tomorrow? This is a guy who has more zeal than sense, you know? And I say, Blake, tomorrow you get to lead worship, spontaneous worship for us all. And he just goes, he says, what can I use? Can I bring my computer and do my music and do all this? I said, no, you can bring two things to spontaneous worship, your body and your Bible. So he comes the next morning with all of us there, about four or five gathered around the table. He opens the Bible, starts reading, and starts worshiping spontaneously. And it was such a sweet time. And here is a young man that's 19, 20 years old, leading, leading me, almost a 60-year-old guy in worship. And we got through that day, and he comes to me at, at the supper time, and he says, Mr. Larry, I have to tell you. I says, what, what, Blake, what, Blake? He says, that was the most marvelous freeing experience of my life. 
He says, can we do it again soon? I says, anywhere, anytime, any place you want. What is it with us? Have we forgotten what the cool of the day is like? Have we forgotten what true worship and fellowship is like? Have we, have we just gotten so caught up in ourselves that the cool of the day passes us by day after day after day and we never have a sense of, wow, I can be with God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I can fellowship with them. I don't have to hide anymore. I don't have to try to think there's some other safe place other than being with God. You know the safest place you'll ever be is in the presence of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. So the hard question for me is, Where are you? And are you willing to experience God for who he is? To be there with him. To come and say, hey God, I want to enter into this fellowship. And and, and, and you know, the thing of it is, is that when you look into to Genesis, who's looking for who? God comes looking for Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That's awesome. God is looking for me. God is looking for you. We don't have to go out and find him anywhere. Do you think when you come and pray, you're finding God? I think he's already found you. When you sing a worship song, do you think you're finding God? I think he's already found you. He's the one that's looking. Where are you? I, um, when I look so clearly at this passage of Scripture... And I see here uh, the broken heart of God. And I understand that, that in Genesis 3.10 he says, I heard you in the garden and was ready because I, was, I heard and I was afraid. I was naked and so I hid. Boy, that just makes us want to run away from God. And God's the one that's looking. <laughs> And then I, what gets me is we go through the last three verses of Genesis and God says, where are you? And the, we know that they're hiding. And then um, the woman says, the serpent deceived me. The man said, the woman you gave to me, she just give it to me to eat. Isn't that like our culture? Are we always going to have an excuse for not allowing God to know where we are? Are we going to always blame it on somebody else? We're going to blame it on our boss at work? We're going to blame it on people in the church? Oh, they're a good group to blame it on. Who are we going to blame it on? Because it can't be our fault. But the truth of it is, God is looking for you and it is your fault. You are the only one that can choose to worship.
I cannot bring you in, Rick cannot bring you into this room week after week after week along with the great praise band that we have and everything else and make you worship. It doesn't happen that way. You've got to say, I want to be a part and I want to feel at home in the Trinity. Now, I want to tell you what a, an excuse is. It's a skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. It's a skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. You can come up with all the excuses you want, but God is not interested. I can give you excuse after excuse after excuse for not wanting to worship. None of them make any difference at all. None of them. Because right now, what am I doing? I'm worshiping. I'm in the process. I'm fellowshipping with the Trinity. I'm in the, I'm, I'm the mode. You can be in the mode. Hopefully the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He's dealing with your heart. He knows where, where, what your excuses are. He's heard them all. Let me tell you, he's heard them all. And he knows that his great heart's desire is to have fellowship with you. And he is yelling out now, where are you? For he wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. God is not hiding in the bushes. He's walking in the cool of the day. In Helene, in Honduras, we have this clinic building. It's a huge building. Uh, And single staff lived in, in the the building there. And they live upstairs and breakfast is downstairs and our meeting place is downstairs. So Sheila and I will sometimes get there earlier in the morning. Okay? Our house is in the back. You helped build that over the last couple of years. Hallelujah. Sheila and I are living in a new home, which is awesome. But anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, And we can go sit down there and I guarantee you, I can tell you how they come down the steps, who it is. I don't have to see them. I know their footsteps. I can sit there and go, oh, that's Dominic. That's the way he walks. Oh, that's Paul. That's the way he walks. There's Ashley. You can barely hear her touching the floor. Uh, and I we've got two new staff going on. And I guarantee you in a month, I'll be able to tell you who's coming down the steps before they come down because their step will be so distinct. Adam and Eve knew that God was in the cool of the day coming to be with them because they knew what it sounded like. Let me ask you something. Have you tuned your heart and your ear towards worship to where you know when God is saying, I'm looking for you? Or are you still giving him excuses and reasons? I've come up with them all. 
I don't feel like it. I don't feel good. Don't have time to right now. Let's do it later. How about tomorrow? Will you be around tomorrow? Who are you? It's personal, spontaneous worship. If you embrace it, it will transform your life. And you still, you just may hear that small, still voice like I hear. But I get busy in the day and God just says, where are you? There's an old song. I'm not going to sing it for you. Praise God. You're blessed for that. But it says, I miss my time with you. The moments together, I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy. You're too busy trying to serve me. But how can you serve me when your spirit's empty? There's a longing in your heart to know just more than just a part of me. It's you. I need to spend time with you. Maybe you have a missionary's heart this morning. If you do, which I hope you do, everybody in this room should have a missionary heart. (laughs) Wanting to give, wanting to go, wanting to see what God's up to. What are you? Can you enter into that fellowship of the Trinity without feeling like the fourth person of the Trinity or someone who's only outside? Not at home? I do feel right at home. This is home for me. It does my heart good to see your faces. It does my heart good to fellowship with you. I sense that we are part of the family of God together. I cannot imagine us not being in Trinity together, enjoying one another. Where are you? Where are you? Now we're going to pray and just have a time of heart commitment. And then I'm going to give you a brief update about Helene. According to Rick, I have seven minutes left, according to the clock. So we're going to take it. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, we love you for who you are. God. God. God, thank you for walking in the cool of the day. Thank you for seeking after me. God, I want more than anything else to be in fellowship with the Trinity. No excuses. 
Maybe you've already built your list of excuses this morning in your mind. Why don't you take a few minutes and just say, God, I repent of those. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is, this is not a quick trust, a trick question. Did you? Yes, I did. I sinned. So just confess it. I did. And you, be, and you will be restored. And you will be in the fellowship. Father, allow us to join the fellowship of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Through the person of Jesus Christ who saved us and set us free from sin and death. If you've never trusted Jesus, trust him today. Ask him to come and live in you and give you life. And bring you into the fellowship of the Trinity. Of God himself. For it's in Jesus' name. And all the people said, amen. And Helene, we have a, a, a full clinic there. And you're going to see some brief pictures. But the first thing I want you to see is a video uh, that talks about the school. One of the things that Mission Encounter seeks to always do is to be very much involved with internationals, indigenous people that are there. When we started the school, we did 100% finance and everything ourselves. The school now is a 50-50 relationship with the community. We have a local director. Uh, we have a local school board. It's, it's making the transition. One of the great things about being a missionary, one of the great things you can do is work yourself right out of a job. Hallelujah. Uh, because the people there need to take on the vision and do that. I wanted to give you a brief update uh, on my health. I know many of you prayed for me this year because I had some health problems. The doctors still haven't figured out, even in the United States, what's wrong with me. Uh, they're still working on that. But the great thing about it is, is all the symptoms and everything went away, and they don't understand that either. I think I do from a God perspective. Um, there's just more for us to do. And so we're just thankful that our, our health is good and things are going well. Uh, you also prayed for baby Jacob this year, which was a child that was 18 months old that had been brutally beaten by an older man and ruptured all of his, his intestines inside. After four surgeries on a, at a local hospital, they were not able to help him. He was still touch and go. Mission Encounters International, through donations like yours and many others, were able to charter a plane, fly him on a plane, and get him to, to get permanent help. And the surgery worked. The child has now been taken from the family. He's an adoption. There was a family here in the United States that wants to adopt him. And so pray that, that, pray that the government will release the child to be adopted. All right? That's the big deal. Uh, and so that's, that's part of that. If you want to know about anything Mission Encounters International as an organization, you can talk to George Farah or Bernie. They're both on the board of directors with Mission Encounters International. So you can ask them any time. If you want to know particular about ministries, you can talk to Sheila and I. Uh, we're your missionaries on Honduras. We have a medical clinic, a dental clinic, and a school. You can see a picture of our building, hopefully, behind me here. Uh, all of this was paid for by donations from people like you. We don't know a penny. And by the way, this year we got a 100-year um, lease on the property. Hallelujah. And so uh, God is doing great things. And we are just so thankful. 
the, our church, the church that has been started on Rowley 10, with, with an, we think we found a new pastor, but this year they had 15 people who trusted Christ and were baptized. Uh, it's, it's just awesome to see God at work and what he's about. I've learned through experience in the past that when you have missionaries, you give them a set time because missionaries typically come from cultures where they have no such thing as a clock. And when it happens, it happens. And so, um, uh, but, but Larry, thank you for being sensitive to that. But we got a few more minutes. What, um, you know, we have a lot of uh, connection groups in our church. And I would encourage our connection groups to say, hey, maybe as a group, we could get together and either provide some things we could send to your school, to your clinic. Um, what are some kind of things that maybe you would encourage us to think about in that regard? And then also the second question, maybe the group wants to say, can we come and serve for a week or so in Helene? What are some of the kinds of things we could do if we came down there? Well, before I answer that question, I'm going to get my wife to stand up here with me because y'all haven't seen her yet. And she's the best part of my life uh, on this physical earth. So I want y'all to see Sheila too. And I usually have time for her to talk. But, but anyway, from a school point of view, the greatest thing that you could do is um, if, if you want to help support a student, twelve fifty a month. You can go online and make it reoccur, and you can do that as a group. You can do that as an individual. Uh, we do have on posted, if you send me an email, Larry at missionencounters.com or Sheila, we can show you a whole list of things for the school that you could provide and send. George is coming in about two weeks with a group from the Outer Banks. George and Paula Farah are. So we can always load their suitcases up. They hate for hearing me or say that, but <laughs> but uh, that would that is always helpful. That is always helpful. And if you if you send Sheila an email, what do you need? You'll get a response from that. We have short term teams. We have eight short term teams coming this year, different churches. And the only thing you have to do to get involved and to come would be to contact Mission Encounters International. And we have a flyer out there you can look at. And call the number or email emily at missionencounters.com. And she'll take care of it. She'll tell you how it all works. But the things you can do is you can do kids clubs. Children cannot do enough for the children on Helene. Cannot. I I can tell you, if you really want a heart trip, you come to Helene and you find every child you can and give them a hug. And you will have had a great mission trip. Second thing is, is that um, if you'd love to build, oh man, we've got the building stuff. 30 second. God has put us in with another missions organization that has partnered with us. And we have the opportunity, and I just saw yesterday on my email, the plans lay out to build 2,000 houses on Roatan, the main island of Roatan, for women with children with no husbands. All the materials in the land is going to be provided by this one multi, with somebody who's financially endowed to be able to do it. All we have to do is get people there to build them. That's all we have to do. Can you imagine what difference that's going to make in a family? Oh my gosh. 
And every community that we're building is going to have a place to decide to build a church or a community center, which we're going to give the opportunity to MEI to staff. So if you want to make an impact in people's lives, God's just doing this, and we have no control over it. He's just going to do something. He's doing things bigger than us. Um, so there's way ministry for medical people is, is, is out there. If you're a nurse in the United States, you're a doctor in Honduras. Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, there's so much opportunity uh, to do that and to be involved. Did I come close to answering the question? Yes, you did. Yeah, thank you. So Larry and Sheila are going to be out. We have a table out in the lobby after we're done. Please stop by. And if you're interested and want to know more, um, they'll be glad to talk with you. So um, uh, and find out more of what you can do, what I can do uh, to help out there in Helene. Wonderful ministry you have. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless you. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church reaching people to discover life in Christ. Visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.